We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Can Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams remain elite fantasy options? Will Cam Akers and Matthew Stafford get back to form? How good can Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson be in the 2023 Rams offense? We're talking all that and more on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin, one of the owners at Rotoviz. I am back with another projections episode, bringing this to you as a solo pod to talk about the Las Vegas Raiders as well as the Los Angeles Rams. For those of you that have not checked into the podcast in a while, uh, in previous episodes, we laid out the process for how we put together projections, the inputs that go into them, some of the logic behind that, and what have you. Today, we are talking about the Raiders and the Rams, and we will start in Las Vegas. All right, this is a team that went 6-11 and 11 last year. In doing so, this offense ran 10 plays, fewer than average. And if you look back from 2020, this is a team that has been around league average every year. Uh, You have head coach Josh McDaniels come into the fold last year. Derek Carr essentially gets run out of town. Jimmy Garoppolo looking like the player that we should see under center for most of the season with the backup there of Brian Hoyer, definitely sticking in the Patriots uh, theme here, right? You also have a couple other players that uh, we've seen in New England before, such as Brandon Bolden. And of course, an interesting player this year in uh, Michael Mayer at tight end a highly sought after rookie for our play level assumptions this year. um, I have the team operating fairly similarly to how it did 
last year, running 18 fewer plays with a fairly similar split between rushing and passing, giving the team 59% of offensive plays veering toward the pass, 41% to the rush. That gives this team about 418 rushing attempts, 610 passing attempts. Now, I know that there is um, some uncertainty as exactly what is going to happen uh, with Josh Jacobs. This projection here at this point in time assumes that Jacobs does play a full complement of games and does not hold out in any fashion. As a result of that, um, we're going to see most of the rushing consolidated into Jacobs. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has about 7% of the rushing work in my baseline scenario, uh, leaving Jacobs, Amir Abdullah, and Zamir White to handle most of the rushing work. I have Jacobs around 67% of the team's rushing. Um, Abdullah and White more or less splitting the rest. Where we do see Abdullah getting more involved is as a receiver out of the backfield. Um, in 2022, he did have a target rate of 7%. I expect that that holds pretty similar in the coming season. Uh, neither White or... Uh, Abdullah figure to be viable fantasy options in this projection, given the fact that we have uh, Josh Jacobs, who last year accounted for 80% of rushing attempts and 12% of target attempts, taking up 67% of the team's rushing work, 11% of the team's target share. Uh, as a result, this projection i would say does scale things back a little bit for jacobs which i think is fair to expect coming off of the year that he did last year uh but is still one of the stronger overall shares that you're going to see among running backs in this baseline type of projection jacobs does get projected with solid efficiency he ran for 4.9 yards per carry last year I have him at 4.4, which in the way that I do my projections is a pretty efficient season. And I also have him with a rushing touchdown rate of 3.5%. He has been, in terms of touchdown scoring, one of the more efficient backs across the last three seasons. So this gets him to 10, or excuse me, yeah, 10 rushing touchdowns. Uh, as a receiver, he's going to add 50 receptions could add an additional 350 yards. Jacobs looks like a top six or so running back, really looking like outside of maybe McCaffrey and Eckler, uh, one of the highest scoring running backs. That shouldn't be a surprise given what we saw him do last year as a final reminder in 17 games 1,653 rushing yards, 12 rushing touchdowns, 30, or 53 receptions as a wide receiver. A very solid year. So we're expecting pretty similar things here for Jacobs. 
in terms of what the ceiling might look like, uh, I think that you could see him get back to the levels of last year. So we don't really need to explore that too much. The downside is hard to speak to given his current situation, but let's say that things don't break his way. I feel like something not breaking his way in a pretty notable fashion this year would be maybe only getting 60% of the rushing work, perhaps just 8% of the targets. If we hold all our other assumptions flat, you would see him drop uh, pretty pretty precipitously down to RB16 in this baseline projection, losing um roughly 35 to 40 fantasy points. Now, at wide receiver, the pecking order is looking like you're going to have Devontae Adams, then Hunter Renfro and Jacoby Myers, probably with a pretty similar share. Last year, the team's wide receiver two saw a target share of 17%. The team's wide receiver three earned a target share of around 15%. I am expecting that you see Adams and Renfro both coming in around 15 per, excuse me, Renfro and Jacoby Myers coming in somewhere around 14 to 16%, but you're going to have Devonte Adams still with one of the highest target shares in the league at 30%. Granted, we have a different quarterback this year, Uh, We have a different look in the tight end group there, Uh, but you had a target share of 33% for Adams last year, perhaps a little understated, but if we roll forward some of the expectations that you would have for him for efficiency, and we don't do anything too crazy, last year was one of his more efficient seasons in terms of yards per reception. Uh, With Garoppolo coming in, I have him scale down to 13 yards per reception, a receiving touchdown rate of 8%, which honestly uh, is would be the lowest that he's had since 2019. All of that has Devonte Adams coming in as the wide receiver for my baseline projection, which I think is outstripping uh, what you would be seeing in his ADP and a lot of rankings across different sites. And if you did see Adams get to a 33% target share, he's certainly viable to be vying for the number one spot. Um, The places where this projection could go off course, I don't think are going to come really from the target share, but let's just see what happens if we drop it down to 28% share and we assume that his receiving touchdown rate dips down to a rate of just 6%. That would put him at approximately 1,500 yards with seven receiving touchdowns and would shift him down, believe it or not, not too far in my overall projection, still looking firmly entrenched in that wide receiver one territory still even in that configuration it's possible could sneak his way into a middling wide receiver one finish so it's perhaps more interesting just to consider what Renfro and Myers would finish as if they don't see a significant uptick 
in target share and don't do anything out of the ordinary in terms of efficiency. In that case, we see both of them finishing in the low 60s. In order for us to see them take a jump where they could get into wide receiver three, wide receiver four territory, if Renfro, for example, did capture an 18% share, and I think it's worth noting that with a rookie uh, tight end and Austin Hooper, perhaps not a tight end that is going to force the team to look his way, an 18% share is still certainly possible. We could see Renfro make a jump up to wide receiver 36 or so. All he would need to do is capture 4% more of a share. Likewise, if you saw an increase for Myers where he got up to 18%, we could see him finishing somewhere likely around wide receiver 40 or so. So there's a couple ways to frame this uh, in which they could take that share from each other. They could take it from other players. Uh, But I have seen both of these guys going pretty late in drafts. I am not going out of my way to draft them. Um, but I think at their ADP, they're probably fair from a redraft perspective. Um, I'm not sure that I'd want to stake too much of a claim in them for the fact that getting significant upside, um, is largely tied to getting that target share. And that might be your only way to do it. Playing in this Garoppolo led offense. I'm not expecting them to be able to uh, accrue large touchdown volumes or anything of that nature. Uh, So perhaps they have less ways in which to navigate to far exceeding their ADP than some of the other guys that you could see perhaps somewhere behind them, even if those players are down further on their depth chart, but playing in a better offense. So for the tight ends, um, I don't think that either of these guys gets into a point of relevancy uh, in this year. As we know, tight end and their su- the success of the position can largely be tied to receiving touchdowns. I have Jimmy Garoppolo throwing for um, just around 23 or so passing touchdowns this year. Um, as a result of that, and the idea that a lot of those would probably go towards Devonte Adams, you're just not going to have enough of a runway to expect either of them to be that relevant unless they're able to not only consolidate the overwhelming majority of tight end work, but also pull in um, a higher target share than one would expect. Because I don't think that you'd put either of these guys over a 10% target share. Jimmy Garoppolo, again, finishes with a low touchdown total. Uh, The yards could be okay for him just in terms of total yardage. Uh, But as far as an outlook goes for him from a super flex perspective, uh, still could be a back-end QB2. So I would say that if you're playing in in a redraft super flex league, in 2023, he is one of the guys that you're keeping in mind 
uh, if you're going with a configuration where your QB2 is going to be one of the players that you would draft later on. All right, that takes us through my thoughts on the Raiders. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If we turn our attention towards the Rams, who figure to be a more exciting team, uh, we're going to see some players like Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford that uh, are going to be probably more intriguing options at this point than Adams and uh, Garoppolo. So this team went 5-12 and 12 last year. Under Sean McVay, we have seen this team operate at a pace the last couple of seasons lower than league average of course in 2018 to 2020 they were operating at a very fast pace or i shouldn't say fast pace i should say they were operating well above league average in terms of play volume uh 2022 weird year for this team in 2021 they were 26 plays under league average 60 percent pass 40 percent rush my assumption for them this year is we see this team improve some. I think we still see them come in below league average in terms of play volume, maybe 50 plays short or so of league average is what I'm doing in this projection, not to scale things up too much, but to note that there's going to be some improvement in this team's record. As a result of that, we should see them run more plays, holding that split between pass and rush pretty similar. We get this team to around 413 rushing attempts, 587 or so passing attempts. I do see um, Matthew Stafford recovering a little bit this year, um, making his way back into the fold. In terms of rushing, he will not rush very much. That leaves a nice chunk of rushing for Cam Akers, Zach Evans, um, Kyron Williams, but this might be the year. And of course they still have, they have Sony Michelle on the roster. Um, this might be the year that we see cam Akers able to get 
a healthier share than um, he's been able to achieve for his managers in the past. In my baseline projection, I still though only have him with a 53% rush split, 8% targets. And I know that there is talk of McVeigh hopefully consolidating more work into just acres this year. That said, uh, last year in 15 games, he was at a 52% rush uh, share, 4% target share. As a result, scaling him um, up, even if we, just for purposes here, put him at a rush rushing share of 60%. Uh, we put him at a target share of 8%. Assume that his efficiency isn't that great. Um, granted the team had average efficiency last year. So for purposes here, I'll actually punch him in with four yards per carry, um, give him seven rushing touchdowns, one receiving touchdown. I would consider this a pretty good line for Mr. Cam Akers. And if this were to come to fruition, he's still somewhere around the RB 22. My baseline projection for him um, expects things naturally uh, given the inputs that the inputs that I mentioned earlier to fall out a little less favorably, and it does not assume that Acres necessarily falls into that wide receiver two range. I think he is going to be fighting to finish uh, in the wide receiver two range, so probably more so somewhere around the RB 24, 25. Now that doesn't leave too much of a downside for him from a share perspective um, and honestly from an efficiency perspective. But if we did scale things back even a little bit more, say he only gets 50% of the work uh, as a rusher, maybe he gets a target share of just 6%. And I don't think we need to do a whole lot more with the other inputs, but maybe he falls down and only manages to punch in five rushing touchdowns. We'll still leave him with a receiving touchdown. That would put Akers down somewhere around RB30. So I really think with Akers, you're looking at a player that's going to fall somewhere between RB18 to RB30. Again, with the expectation for me, at least in the overwhelming majority, well, not the overwhelming majority, but in most of the likely outcomes, he's coming in as that fringe RB2. Okay. The other running backs behind him, um, I do have the expectation that Zach Evans perhaps plays his his way into the RB2 role by the end of the year, but I don't think any of the other running backs we need to discuss for fantasy purposes. Uh, Cooper Cup, this year, um, I would have with a 28% target share, entirely possible that that could be higher. I think 28% coming off of the way that things unfolded last year is a decent rate for him. Behind him, we have Van Jefferson with a share of 17%. Um, I do not think that we need to bake in anything out of the ordinary for these players in terms of efficiency, either to the positive or the negative. Um, in terms of Cooper Cup, if we look at his rates over the last number of years, he's been catching a ton of passes, um, averaging somewhere 
uh, around 12 and a half yards per reception per game. Um, was it around almost 11 in 2020 and 2022 was closer to 11. I have him at 11 yards per reception in my projection receiving touchdown rate of 6%, which would be a bit of a scale back from what we saw him do in 2022 at 8% and, um, 11% in 2021. So this assumes that we get a solid version of Cooper cup, but perhaps not as stellar as the ones we saw the years prior. This would get Cup, as you would expect, into a wide receiver one type of finish, but uh, pretty far back from guys like Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. That said, if you shoot him up to a 31% target share and you hold my other assumptions equal, you pull in another touchdown, um, that gets him up to wide receiver five type of range. So when you're looking at wide receivers like this, you know, the ceiling for a guy or the upside for cup still remains, uh, you know, possibly the best wide receiver. I think the downside for him this year, uh, isn't, isn't outsized in comparison to that upside. Um, if we explore things and say, maybe he only gets 27% of the target share, isn't as good or as efficient at catching passes as year drops to a rate of 70% and maybe only manages to score, let's say six receiving touchdowns. That outcome moves him back to where he's still a wide receiver one, but at the back end, the very back end of wide receiver one ranks. So that is the outlook for cup. Um, I'm not sure that I have him in my top five receivers this year, but nonetheless, still one of the most sought after and should be fantasy wide receivers. Van Jefferson, Curtis and I have talked some about. Uh, If we look at Van Jefferson and his role in the Rams offense over the last three years, we'll see that in back-to-back seasons, he garnered 15% target share in 2021 scored six receiving touchdowns in 17 games had three receiving touchdowns in 11 games last year has always been very solid in terms of yards per reception my assumption for him this year in the baseline projection we have him at 17 percent target share almost 15 yards per reception a receiving touchdown rate of nine percent that right there puts him at a projection of wide receiver 47 uh, on some platforms that's probably significantly better than what you're going to see right now for him at ADP. And I think, you know, the upside for him could be that he gets to an 18% target share and you could see an uptick in touchdowns, perhaps where he gets to six receiving touchdowns Uh, And his catch rate has not been that high. It's been at 56% the last couple of seasons. Let's say he manages to up that to a catch rate at 58%. Those type of tweaks, which aren't too major, would get him up to uh, being wide receiver 40. So I like Van Jefferson um, this year in both both best ball and redraft. Uh, especially where he is right now at ADP, 
that's not to say that Jefferson is the type of player that could be vying to be a um maybe like a low end wide receiver three uh or better than that. You know, that would probably be the absolute ceiling. So realistically, I think if you're getting a wide receiver 40, 42 type of finish, that would be pretty nice. Uh out of Van Jefferson. The final player we should probably talk about here is Tyler Higby. Now Higby um, should be a pretty central part of this offense this season. In 2022, he actually garnered a 21% target share. Of course, with a full season of Cooper Cup back, you know, you're not expecting it to be that high. Point being, though, we should still see him being an integral part of this offense. That said, my baseline projection, I put him in for just a target share of 13%, has four receiving touchdowns. Even in that configuration, uh, we still see Higby coming in at tight end 17, but I think a lot of people would be inclined to say that that's too low, and honestly, this is one of the players that stands out to me as a guy that I need to, when I make my second or third, fourth, I guess it would officially be my third pass through things, really up him probably closer to a baseline share of maybe 15 or 16%, which at that rate moves him, um, moves him, where would he end up in that? Sorry, closer to tight end 11. I think the ceiling for him is probably somewhere around tight end seven, tight end eight, or I should say the upside case with the downside uh, probably being somewhere like tight end 20 have seen him going in an ADP that places him around tight end 15. So I really like his chances of outplaying that this year. Um, Larger takeaways for me from this episode, I would say are Van Jefferson. uh, Very nice chances of outplaying where he is going. Um, The wide receivers for the Raiders though kind of interesting perhaps, um, do not have as much upside as drafters might like to think that they do. Um, And Cam Akers could be prone to being relied on more than he should this year by some managers expecting a larger share of the workload for him. And I know I've been having this conversation now for a number of summers about Cam Akers and the likelihood that he's not going to get this share of work that we've been hoping for. And the thing is that has continued to bear out. And I think it's one of those situations where the more it continues to bear out, the less likely it is that things reverse uh, as are many things in life and as are many things in fantasy. So the next time we get back for one of these projection episodes, we're going to be looking at the chargers and the chiefs, two very fun teams. So I hope that, uh, You know, you check back in for those and had some fun hanging out with you now. All right, catch you soon. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.